I was born with a very abundant mentality when it comes to money. Okay. In my brain, money is just available. Money is everywhere. Money is anyone can make money. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't have access to, to to knowledge that can show them that actually you can afford a lot more than you think that you can afford. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't necessarily say that there's, there's ever a time that I've ever felt like I'm broke. Mm -hmm. That's just not a word that I, I can relate to. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Financially Incorrect. I am your host, Barack, and it's been a new year. This is our second episode this year, and uh, we thought that we, we should come at you guys with a lot of knowledge, a lot of knowledge, give you guys, <laughs> give you guys a lot of knowledge on the financial space. This is a much highly, I don't know if that's grammatically correct, a, a, a highly requested for guest on our podcast. And she is a podcaster, a content creator, and an entrepreneur. Uh, Murugi Muni, welcome. Thank so you. Financially incorrect. Thank you. It's so yeah. nice hearing someone else introduce you. It just feels so good. Oh, yes, because of mm. your um, regular podcast. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. always like I'm just introducing myself. But now in someone else, I'm like, yeah, I like that person, whoever it is you're speaking about. Let me ask you, mm. when you go on other podcasts, do you feel like you're still working? Well, I hardly ever go on other podcasts, first of all. I is that like, true? Yeah, that is true. Well, how many other podcasts have you done? Mm, I don't, I think none other. I don't think. I really? Think, yeah, I think this is the only one. I gen generally just don't usually do it. Um, so yeah, so actually like clap for me because I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you a question actually. Mm -hmm. I saw, I saw, I mean, December, I saw some people in the Twitter streets mm. complaining about the Kenya podcast industry mm. Mm. and that they're just... Um, the same content creators go to each other's spaces mm -hmm. and recording, na, 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 and that it's boring and, you know, and yet be more flavor. The views are lying then because <laughs> if it was boring, why, why do you have 100,000 views? Yeah. 100,000 people don't think then that it's boring. But I do agree that obviously it's like the same kind of people will go to each other's because one, yeah. they are friends. Yeah. So, uh, like, I, if I have your number, it's easier for me to call you as opposed to um, Waura down the street, you right. know, to come and be on my podcast. Right. Also, content creators tend to be more comfortable in front of the camera, so it just makes sense that you'd obviously call your fellow content creators. But feedback well taken. We can also introduce other people Indeed. to Meskia Sasa. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, I asked you before we started what you're looking forward to most, mm -hmm. and you said... Um, teaching, inspiring someone, mm -hmm. um, and you know, I guess someone picking up a couple of things from from your financial story. Yeah. Before we get into that, let me ask you what your December holiday was like. Did you spend more money than you hoped to? I did not actually spend more money than I hoped to because I had saved for the totality of my December holiday yeah. earlier on in the you year. You had like a sinking fund. Yes, what it's called? Is that what it's called? The one where you you save money. Mm -hmm. um, Waiting to spend it in December. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like we had we had a plan to take a family holiday to um, South Africa. Mm -hmm. So my husband and I had already budgeted for it earlier in the year. I think it was like August thereabout. We had said this is the amount of money that we need. Um, let's save towards it. So at come December, our accounts are remaining exactly the same mm -hmm. as we left them. So in January, none of us is struggling. Like our so accounts. So you paid your still, fees, bought we, exactly. uniform. Actually, I had saved. I had a savings. Uh, am I allowed to say tunes here? Y yes. Uh, okay, because I save on tunes. <laughs> Okay. So I had a goal, you know, you, there you save by goal. So I had yeah. a goal for stationery and uniform because mm -hmm. that's what I take care of. My husband does the uniform. Mm -hmm. I had a goal for paying for my uh, insurance for my car. 
uh, beginning of this year, I had a goal for even people's December gifts. I had a goal for our holiday. So come December, we were just spending what we have already saved because we knew yeah. that we were going to need to spend. Yeah. So right now, my account is still looking very healthy, I can say. That's good. Mm -hmm. this is, um, I mean, we're going to the end of January now, and you know, because yeah. if you're if if you're through that, then you're exactly. maybe through Ex the for, forty days of forty days of January, right? Yeah. And you, I would hope because Kenyans, you know, I feel like Kenyans we are addicted to struggle and suffering because last year somebody was saying in January, the year before they are still were still saying the same thing. The year before that they were still saying the same thing. It's almost like people want to be part of that culture. It's yeah. like it's not even like a struggle. You want to identify with other Kenyans that we are all struggling and we all don't have money and we are all eating cabbage. Me I'm not eating cabbage. I'm eating chicken. <laughs> have you have you ever been have you ever been in the January um situation? Persona? Yeah. I definitely have. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have. Where I am right now, I can say ni mungu ametuleta hapa. But we are not always here, mm -hmm. obviously. Mm -hmm. I mean, my money journey has been... I wouldn't say it has been tumultuous. I would say actually has been relatively easy compared to what I hear other Kenyans going through. Okay. Um, so I, I, I went to university in Kenya and then I got a scholarship when I had finished my undergrad to mm -hmm. go to South Africa and do uh, my master's, which I did. And then I came back into the country. This was around 20... 14, 2013, 2014. When you're coming back from? Yeah, when I was coming back okay. from. And at that time, um, obviously now it's like I'm a, new, I'm a new graduate. And all you hear is people saying about how it's so hard to get a job. You know, mm -hmm. no one is getting work. But I literally applied for one job and I got that one job. So um, at that point, I was just like, so are people lying or am I just like the luckiest person in the mm -hmm. world? Because I couldn't really understand. Mm -hmm. um, so I started working. I worked as an, uh, uh, what do you call it? Like a graduate trainee at okay. BAT. Um, yeah, and so I did that for like about two years. That was fantastic. After that, I quit. How much were they paying you at the time? And um, were you home? I had, no, so I was living with my mom, but I moved out after like the first three months of okay. working. Um, and I had my son at that point because okay. first year, first same. Yeah, who's the child? You had your for? son first year. Yeah. <laughs> this is before you left. That was before. Now in my undergrad, yeah. Oh, question. Let, mm. let me take a pause there. Mm -hmm. So by the time you're going for your master's, mm. you're leaving your son here. Yeah, now what at that, was that point, it like? was like three years. Um, it wasn't that hard, to be honest, because I knew I was doing it for a purpose, mm -hmm. one. Two, I, I genuinely believed that my earning capacity for me and for him would be a lot better if I went and I did that uh, master's. And three, I was leaving him in the hands, very capable hands. He was being taken care of my, by my parents. Um, also, his father was in the picture, and he was very active and present. So I didn't feel like, oh, my God, I am leaving him. No, I just felt like... I mean, I'm coming back, you know, yeah. in a year. So that okay. wasn't that difficult. Okay, okay. Mm. Yeah, so I went, I came back, I applied for this job, um, I got it, I was being paid, I think, 120 or 130K, which then was a lot of money. Right now, I don't know where 130K is taking someone, yeah. personally, but then I felt like it was a lot of money. So I was able to move out, I was even able to buy a car, which was amazing. How, how, um, how, what, what was your savings, or what was your budget breakdown? To allow you to move out and to buy a car and after how long did you buy the car okay of course also there was like some additions you know yeah. like i had a man one <laughs> i had my my parents so of course they were changing like no the right. moving out wasn't that difficult because yeah. like my parents gave me some of the furniture mm. um the car i me myself i took a loan and the loan was like something like 500k and i think mm. i was paying like 30k per month mm. for it um, so it wasn't like that stretching. I don't, I don't even think back then I never even used to think about budget. It would just be like, if I have money and I know at the end of the month, usually I have a, around this much left, then that must mean I can 
do something right, right? Right, right and i wasn't saving anything right. actually i was i was living more of like i can afford something if i can take a loan for something that means i can afford it Right. I don't know if that's accurate. Is that I, accurate? I, I don't know. I also don't know. <laughs> I don't know. If yeah. And my husband is always <laughs> telling me. <laughs> <no. laughs> I don't know. My husband is always telling me debt is not bad because as long as like you have the money to pay back right. your loan, umechukua, right. then it's like you can afford it. Then, How old right? were you at this point? I was 24? 24. 24, 25, yeah. How old were you when you had your son? 20. 20. Yeah. Okay. Pregnant at 1920 is when I gave birth. So I like to say I was it wasn't a teenage pregnancy because time I was giving birth I was 20. So. Okay. Yeah, I not a statistic. Uh, it's, it's semantics. <laughs> exactly. The semantics of it. Anyway, okay. so I moved out and I, you know, got this car and it was like amazing. I I we lived there for like a year or so before I met my now husband. Okay. Um and that was 2016 now when we met. By then I had moved jobs. I think I had no, well when we met, we were working in the same organization, same department. Mm-hmm. One of us needed to leave and his job was a better job, so I left. Um and that's when I joined Red House. You left because you were in a relationship. Yeah. The organization could not allow you guys to to Um they probably could but I me personally it was kind of awkward because we were in the exact same department okay and it, we weren't like reporting to each other mm-hmm. but there was just like it's just not nice working in a space where you have permanent sexual tension with someone <laughs> you can't the reality is that you can't focus for re- like you just can't just focus me that's how i feel <laughs> That's how I feel. So, at that time, I was like one of us can leave. Plus also, I just trusted my ability to get a job. Right. I just felt like So you you I mean you yeah. but when you by the time you're quitting, there was mm. no plan or nothing. You're like now we're in a relationship now. This looks like it's getting serious. Yeah. Um I'm not enjoying constant sexual tension. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'm out. And yeah, and I was like, okay, I'm going to look for a job, but mm-hmm. in the meantime I was like, I mean, he has money so okay. you know <laughs> let me take you let me take you back you're constantly taking no, me yeah, back yeah cuz i'm just like <laughs> yeah let me t- i want to take you back mm-hmm. to the moment that you find out that you're pregnant right when i was 19 yes when you're 19 mm-hmm. do you have any financial thoughts or financial co- uh, considerations that you're thinking about at that point none what's the thing that's scaring you the most about the fact that you were pregnant at 19 Nothing scared me. I I I intentionally got pregnant. You intentionally got yeah, pregnant. Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't scared. I was very excited actually. You intentionally got pregnant. Yeah. Oh, what was the plan? You know, I find it so interesting actually when people whenever people think of someone pregnant at 19, you imagine yeah. that you found out and you're like, "Oh my god, what am I going to do?" And that's not everybody's story, first mm-hmm. of all, actually. Mm-hmm. So we it was It, me and my boyfriend at the time were just so much in love and mm. we just in our minds you know at that time you're not really thinking about money how yeah. much school fees costs how much diapers cost you're really just think we just wanted to just like solidify our love if that makes sense like so dumb right now when i think about it <laughs> so dumb because i was 19 but yeah at that time it really made sense to us and we were just like we really wanted to solidify our love and so we intentionally got pregnant and there the baby came And that is when I realized perhaps I should have planned for something. Yeah. Perhaps. I'm honestly was... I'm honestly astounded. Yeah. Like I'm I'm honestly um yeah. yeah. Did you grow up in a in a in a comfortable lifestyle? I did. How I how how privileged was the lifestyle you not you grew pri- up in? Not privileged yeah Karen Runda, but mm-hmm. privileged yeah middle to upper. Mm-hmm. Like like um Yeah, not like super wealthy, but like comfortable. Yeah. So I mean, so but enough. you thought so mm. I mean, even as you're making the decision to say yeah, we're you know, we're going to get pregnant to solidify We hadn't thought. our our love. Mm. Who 
yeah, like my like, question is like, who was gonna take care of the baby? We hadn't thought that far ahead. We were just in love. That's all I can tell and, you. And the only yeah. thing that could yeah. solve for yeah. your love yeah. was a baby. And this is just to show you how stupid teenagers are. <laughs> wow. <laughs> or teenagers okay. can be because at that yeah. time we hadn't thought through that. We hadn't actually now calculated how much are diapers, how much are fees. But I knew somehow we were going to be okay. What did your folks say? Um, and did you tell them that, you know, we intentionally got pregnant? No, and I certainly hope they don't watch this podcast because <laughs> if they do... I'm I'm finished. Uh-huh. <laughs> but now can they beat me? I'm 33. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I mean at that time my mom just said, you know, we love you and we'll take care of you right. and everything. My dad was just like nonchalant, kinda. He was just kinda neutral. Right. Of course, when the baby came, it was really difficult because then I didn't want it to be a strain on my parents, considering it was a, a choice we had made. So mm-hmm. um at that point now I was still in uni, I was in USIU. Mm-hmm. I moved out in Naishi Roisa, Roisambu. Um, and I was staying there, me, my son, our house help. And, and the guy. No, not in the guy. Just the me, guy my had, son. The guy wasn't there. He was. He was present. But okay, we weren't okay. living together. Okay, so he, okay. he, he, him and his folks used to live close-ish by. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and we were still together. We just weren't living together. Okay, okay. Yeah, funny how I, I felt like moving in together is such a big step, but I didn't feel like having, having a, baby. a baby. Yeah, that's, that's what, that's, yeah. Another reason okay. why 19-year-olds should yeah. really not be having children. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but anyway, so then my parents used to pay my rent and they used to um, send me 10K a month. Mm-hmm. And somehow that 10K, by the way, at that time, it was like enough for me because now my, my boyfriend at the time and his parents used to buy like diapers and formula. So really me, all I was sugarcating with was food. And I used to just divide that 10K, 2525 per week for the four weeks of the month. Mm-hmm. And then, and we survived. Me wow. and my little boy. Okay. Yeah. So at no point in his upbringing mm-hmm. did you like feel financial strife and like real difficulty in that sense. Um I I wouldn't say financial strife as such. I I feel fortunate that maybe I, that I was born with a very abundant mentality when it comes to money. Okay. In my brain, money is just available. Money is everywhere. Money is, anyone can make money, mm-hmm. you know? And for me at that time, like, for example, when my parents were giving me that 10K, it was little, but I didn't feel like, oh my God, I'm poor, I can't survive. Mm-hmm. In fact, it was just like, oh, okay, I wonder how I can make more money. And I remember um, at that time, there was a lady who used to live in Roisambu there who used to shona for people clothes. Mm-hmm. So one day I just went and asked her, oh, by the way, and she said she could. So for a month, um, she gave me classes of shonaing. I asked my mom, can she buy for me a sewing machine? And she did. Yeah, so she bought me a sewing machine and I started shoning clothes. So I started making clothes for like my mom, for her friends. They told their friends. I started making clothes for people in U- USIU, you know, like my people around me. Mm-hmm. And I started making money. So at that point, I think I would make like maybe 30K, 40K in a month just from shoning for people clothes. Right. And then the money just came. And I don't think I, like when I think back at it, me, the Murugi of today, I feel like how did she survive on that 10K? It must have been hard for her. But the Murugi of then, I don't remember ever feeling like, God, I'm really struggling. I'm really going through so much, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't remember thinking that. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Mm. All right. We can come back now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, come back back. so we were mm. at... Um, um, you've switched jobs. You now you now get into red yes, house. Yes, so I'm now getting yeah, into red jobs house. For, for love. Yeah, you do a lot of things for love. You got a a child, left a job. When you say it out loud like that, yeah. it really makes me sound irresponsible, <laughs> and that's very accurate because I really was quite okay. irresponsible. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I switched jobs. Um. And I felt like at that point, my skills and my experience, even if it was just two years of experience, I just felt like I had what it took to be able to 
um, make it somewhere else. So that's when I um, I applied to Red. Actually, I didn't even apply. I remember just asking someone who works there, oh, could you set up a meeting for me and the CEO? And I went and I met him and I just told him, I've come from BAT. These are my skills. I really feel like I could add value to your organization. And he's like, okay, cool. And so then I started working there. Okay. Which was fantastic. Okay. Um, and so that one was paying me more. I think at that time I was earning maybe like 200K or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and that felt really nice because mm -hmm. now you're earning 200K and you have a man. You're fine. pretty good. Okay, let me, because this, this I, think, I think it's the third time I've heard you say you have a man. <laughs> yeah. In your, in your uh, philosophy of life, mm. what does a man mean for you financially? Um... Okay, I can't necessarily say a man. Let me mm -hmm. say my man. Okay, yes. And yeah, this particular man. Yeah. No, but even the other one you said you said I had I had I had a man. Which one? With the with the with your first with your first son. With the baby. Yes. What what role should a man play in, in your life, in, in your philosophy? Well, now, if you asked me then, I would yeah. have said something completely different. Right okay. now, I only speak within the context of marriage <laughs> and within the context of having a husband because I feel but like... But at that time, he wasn't He husband. wasn't my husband, but he had proposed. So it's like, oh, you're he pretty had proposed. much... Yes, he had really okay. proposed, so okay. I knew that. All right. I okay. feel like, for me, having a man is more... Or, or maybe the nature of my relationship with my man currently is, is there's a certain level of financial security where it's not like he's my dad where he's financially responsible for me like you need to give me money and take care of me and buy for me pads and take me to the salon but it's like i could afford to be like i can quit and i know that while i'm finding work i'm not going to sleep on the streets okay you understand what i'm saying yeah it's like a good roommate exactly um, well no it's just it's like a good support system let me say okay support system and, and what happens when you have money? Like now? Yeah, like what do you contribute to? We had Rama who sat there who mm -hmm. said, um, um, I really, I really, I, in fact, I laughed out loud when he said it. And every so often I go on TikTok and I watch that clip. Mm -hmm. He talks about roles and in, in, in whatever's in, in, yeah, in, in, in a marriage. And he said that, why would I, as a man, mm -hmm. <clears throat> pay for everything? Mm -hmm. And then you wake up and you're doing whatever you want to do with your money. And mm -hmm. then you leave me. And now you've gone with all the money, all the things you've invested in, mm. and I've spent all my money in us, mm. and, you know, so I, I'm at a loss. So my question for you is, what mm. do you do with your money when you have it? I understand the element of if I'm in between jobs or if yeah. some stuff's not working out, mm. you know, I have a roof over my head, the kids are taken care of. I get that. Okay, so yeah. if that's like in our current context right now, because mm. I earn well, he mm. earns well, um, I would say that we have a pretty even split of okay. things that we do. So my husband takes care of what what we like to call is like the big things. So okay. um, anything to do with the house, um, he pays the kids' school fees. Um, uh, anything like a big, a big insurance, he will pay sometimes insurance or sometimes we will split half half. Mm -hmm. And then for me, what I do is I pay our nannies. Mm -hmm. Um, I will pay for like internet, electricity. Usually if we are making like purchases, let's say we are buying like, uh, we are upgrading our fridge or mm -hmm. we are upgrading our um, sofas or whatever, we'll do half, half. Okay. The holiday, for example, that we just went to, we paid, we split the thing 50, like literally 50, 50, 50 right down right. the middle. Right. Sometimes because he's a traditional Kikuyu man who just believes in like, it's his responsibility to take care of the family. Sometimes he'll just be like, no, I'm going to pay for this. I'll okay. do this. But I'm always able and when I'm able I'm always right. willing to contribute financially okay. also I feel like in that case of Rama I kind of feel like um, 
as a man, if you're doing something which you do not feel convicted that this is your, your responsibility and this is what you want to do, like you're doing it because you feel convicted to do it, you will always be bitter and angry about it afterwards. That's just how I feel because I feel like my man right now, even if we were to split up, it's not like he'd be thinking, now she went with her things and now she went with what, you know, the, me, all the, that was my investment and whatnot. At that point, did you not feel like it was your responsibility to take care of the family? Mm. You know, so I don't even see how afterwards a man would be coming to say now it's unfair that you have gone and you've just been able to just use your own money and gone with my investments. That's right. Mm, mm. Okay, mm -hmm. fair enough. Mm. All right. So Red House, making about 200K. Then you're good. I, yes, I was yeah. good. It was really are you, good. Are you saving at that point? Are you investing at that nope, point? No, not saving. Is it coming investing. and going? It's like it's the money, the two hundred k. Yes, where is it going? Well, yeah, it's coming and going. I am a, I'm a, <laughs> because of this abundance mentality. I tell you that I was born with. Mm -hmm. I spend money as if the money, because I just feel like I know money is coming back. Mm -hmm. So sometimes that can be a bit of an issue. I'm addressing it in therapy mm -hmm. currently as we speak because sometimes I have a tendency to just overspend. So mm -hmm. even then, I wasn't really saving. Now at least I save and I'm investing. But then I was just like I'm spending because I know that there's money on the way. So mm -hmm. if there's always money on the way, you can always be spending this other money. Right. Um, so at that point, so I worked at Red House, I think for like about a year and a half. And mm -hmm. then um, I moved to Sport Pesa. Mm -hmm. um, and I was heading their communication department, which was a really fantastic job. Best, best job ever. The financial perks were phenomenal. They were really good. Really? So what, kind good. Of, what kind of perks? Um, so like, for example, we would get double our salary every third month. Every third month? Yeah. So at the end of every, every quarter. At the end of every quarter, you yeah. get a second. Yes, you get you know, The guys were eating the gambling, mm. the gambling. It was money. good. Let yeah. me say it was really nice. Yeah. It was really nice. Um, um, and that really worked out for a good long time. At that point, I think is when I um I got married when I was at Sport when I was at no, I got married when I was at Red House. Here I think I was maybe pregnant. Anyway, I stayed at that job for like maybe a year and a half again. You could see I was just really mm -hmm. moving, moving from companies. I just, mm -hmm. I don't think I was born to be employed. Mm -hmm. um, and then I moved to Maidawa. Okay. Sorry, um, at, at, at Sport Pesa, what would you do with the extra salary? I can't even tell you by the way. I, I don't know. Like... I guess I would spend it. <laughs> I guess. Okay. So still at that point, yeah. um, no, no savings. No savings. No. Do you nothing. think in any way, mm. because... Um, now you you are married, you have a man, you've talked about, mm. I guess, the role that he was playing in your life. Mm. Do you think that allowed you to be oh, a little yeah. more reckless about more the money careless, you were making? Yeah. Actually, yeah. right now, when I think of how much, how I was earning when I was in employed, I'm just like, what really did I do with that money? Because like he was paying the rent. Then we only had one child and he was paying the school fees. Mm -hmm. um, well, him and my son's other dad were yeah. paying the school fees. So I'm like, I really don't know what I was doing with my money. Yeah. I really don't know. I guess I was just spending it and having a good time. That's all I can. <laughs> as a soft, as, the that's, soft, the soft life. That's it. I <laughs> wish okay. I had known about like things like, you know, FX Pesa. Yeah. You know these savings apps. Like I wish I had known then. Anyway, yeah. I didn't really know much. Okay. Yeah. So move from there. Yeah, and I went to my Dawa. Yeah. I was head of marketing there. Um, and I think I did that. I think that I didn't do that for a really long time because me and my boss just didn't see eye to eye. Okay. Um, and it was while I was there that my platform started to pick up. So that was like about 2018. Okay. When when do you start the platform? I have two two questions for you mm. there. One, when do you start the platform? And two, mm. how difficult? Because it sounds like the FX Pesa money was good, was a good place. Sport Pesa. Oh, sorry, Sport Pesa. Mm -hmm. FX Pesa money. Throw Call in it. that sponsor. Come on. Come That's on. Sport Pesa money. Mm -hmm. um, it sounds like it was really good. So mm -hmm. 
how difficult is it to leave a, a position like that for you? Because it sounds like, I mean, so you, you, have, a, you have 16 months of salary in a 12-month, you know, year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that, I mean, personally, I think that would, wouldn't be too easy to walk away from. Mm, yeah, but I left because of personal reasons. It wasn't oh. because of money reasons. Yes. Yeah, I yes. left because of personal reasons. Um, it, was, we were, it was a difficult time in our marriage, so yeah. I left because of that primarily. This is, the, like, this is like the third mm. um, yeah. pillar thing that you've... I'm a Pisces. Yeah. I am highly led by my emotions. So let me ask And if you, something doesn't feel right, it just doesn't feel right. Yeah. Mm. Do you actually relate to, um, what are they called? Zodiac. Yes. Yeah, I feel like I do. Well, okay, not 100%, but my best friend, Lydia, um, she's, she's my fellow podcaster and she's really a Zodiac person. So I feel like the more she talks about it, the more I feel like, hmm, that's really, that really sounds like who I am and yeah. how I am. And Pisces are known to be quite emotional and I'm a really emotional person. You know, so. I, I, I have never, <laughs> um, what do you call it? No, no, understood. No, I, I, have, mm. I don't know it enough. I, I haven't delved into... Mm. Into what star sign are you? I have no idea. You have no idea. No, that's what I'm saying. I have not looked into it enough. I want to criticize it, but I don't think it would be fair for me to because yeah, I, I genuinely haven't. But I've been told mm. that the you know the Gen Zs now, like when mm. you go on dates, I have a, a brother-in-law who tells me, who told me when you go on dates, like girls ask you like what's your star sign, and if you're not aligned, then it's like yeah, like there's no point. Oh yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, it's a real thing. I don't know if I believe that deeply in it yeah. enough to be like now you won't be my life partner because you're a Leo. Yeah, but really you won't be my life partner if you're a Leo. <laughs> so. <laughs> Okay, so you leave, you leave, um, you Mm. now, um, I go to my dawa, my dawa, my dawa Um, thinks that is it a pay cut when you go to my dawa? Not really, I was earning about the same, actually, no, I was earning more, but now obviously, I didn't have the perks of the every third month. How much is more? Um, I think at that point, I think it was something like 350,000. Around three fifty thousand. Okay. And that was it felt pretty good at that time. Again, my responsibilities were not that many because mm. um we had two kids at that point and uh my youngest, I don't think she was in school. So mm. I, I I think my expenses were like really little, actually, okay. really little. Again, I cannot tell you what I did with the money. Yeah. I really can't. It's, yeah. Mm. That's just <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So, then you said your platform started growing around. So that my point platform today. started growing around there, and I had I had started my platform when I was still at Sportpesa. Okay. Um, but I I wasn't like doing it as actively. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when I was at my dawa is when I noticed that now all more and more people are following me. And when I started it, I wasn't like I didn't start it like now to be become a content creator or to become an influencer. It was more just I was just sharing my motherhood journey, you know, because I was struggling. So I wanted that, to those, post... Those, that was the yummy, yummy mommy Yeah, that days. was yummy mommy, exactly. Okay. And this is like now 2018, okay. towards the end of 2018. And I was just like... Sorry. No. <laughs> I was just sharing my journey, you know, the things which I was going through. And I noticed, noticed a lot of women were just like, oh, I'm also going through that. I'm also experiencing this and this and this. And then a lot of posted following me. And I remember in that December is when I got my first... Um, my first brand paid, deal right. paid brand deal and i'll never forget it was junction mall um and they paid me a hundred thousand which at that time i was just like i was in such disbelief i was like i was telling my husband babe yeah, they're paying me a hundred thousand to just put up this video and yeah. to talk about this thing like i couldn't believe that it was like a thing because then i hadn't even done research on like influencer marketing content creation and whatnot but at that point i was just like hmm Okay, so this can actually be like an income stream and can be an income stream which I don't have to go Monday to Friday to an office. Yeah. So um, after that first brand deal, I literally quit. 
my job. And I just went and told my husband, I'm just like, babe, I want to focus on my platform, like full time. And I feel like it can really make me a lot of money and can, you know, really like give me time freedom because I really wanted time freedom. I hate having to be somewhere at a particular time. It's just, I really wanted the time freedom. And he was like, yeah, again, this security that I told you is like, you can pursue this because I know that the backdrop is that I have my husband, yeah. you know. Um, and so I quit. And um, I started pursuing now Yummy Mummy, my platform, mm -hmm. full time, um, beginning end of 2018 towards beginning of 2019. And well, what can I say? Here I am now. <laughs> okay. I have a question mm. uh, around, um, I guess, the inception of, of your um, content creation brand. Mm. The first time I think I ever heard of you mm. was because of an infamous video. Mm. Um, I don't know if it was factual or not, but I saw it, you know, it's on these tabloids mm. about driving inebriated. Mm. Was that, did that actually happen? And was that? Yeah, it did happen yeah. actually. So what happened? Oh yeah. my God, dark times. And was Very that intentional? Times. It was because I uploaded it myself. I was yeah. I've done some very dumb things in yeah. my in the in my past. Right. So what happened with that instance is that it was like it was towards the beginning of my journey, and I think it was like earlier on in 2019. Mm -hmm. um, and it was that was when like alcohol was like a, a thing, right. thing, Kabisa, you know. Um, and I remember I had gone to a party, and I I was. Um, I had drunk, but I only really had like two drinks. Mm -hmm. um, so on my way home, I think it was like two ciders. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't drunk mm -hmm. um, because I was stopped by alcohol below mm -hmm. and that made me blow on the thing and I was below the limit. So yeah. I was just like, oh, okay, fine. Then so I know I'm good. Yeah. So when I got home, I tell the story on my video, mm -hmm. of, on my stories of just like, oh my God, you know, I had drunk and I didn't know whether I was going to be below the limit, but thank God I ended up being below the limit. But of course, now later on, that ended up being like, wow, your favorite content creator is driving drunk, and it ended up being a huge thing. And that's when I learned perhaps don't just post everything and right. anything on your platform because it can land you in a lot of trouble. Well, question mm. on the negative and positive impact after mm. that video um, went went up mm. in terms of the growth of your followership. Mm. Um, what I guess, what did you see? Does it did your followership grow thereafter, and mm. was it worth it? Um, if you ask me, was it worth it? Well, nothing negative you do can ever be like worth it, so to speak, because mm. how do you factor in the, the emotional turmoil that I went through when I was being dragged through Twitter by my edges mm -hmm. because it was a dark, dark time, mm -hmm. very dark. In fact, I still remember the exact people who started that <laughs> conversation and I have never forgotten. There's a people who I go for events now and I'm like, really? You don't mm -hmm. remember? Hmm. Anyway, um, that was a dark time, but I don't remember necessarily like that one instant mm -hmm. leading to like a growth of my followership. Mm -hmm. What I attribute the growth of my followers to is me and my dopeness mm -hmm. and how awesome I am and the mm -hmm. amazing content that I create. Right. But obviously all these all these other little publicities of like controversy and you know something here and there, something people are debating about what you've said or what you believe or what you don't believe or what you've done, what you've not done, all of that obviously contributes to you know the growth of your followers. Okay. Yeah. So I mean but it does help. I mean in a vacuum the the Edgar Spats, the... It, well, I, don't, I wouldn't say it does help. I would say it hurts more than it helps. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I can't, I can't say whether or not it helps, but I would say it hurts more than it helps. I know for a fact that there are some people who follow me because they see me being talked about somewhere because right. someone will come and be like, you know, when someone mentioned you, I came here, I used to hate you so much, but now I've followed your content and now I love you. I don't know why people feel the need to explain that whole story right. of hating me to loving me. Right. But I mean... I guess then the followers grow, but I don't know. I, I don't monitor. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm. Let's talk about the financial, I guess, journey as a content creator. So mm. you get your first deal. 
um 100,000 java mm. how long does it take to get junction, your, sorry java. junction mm. no junction yeah. yeah how long does it take to get your second one um it took like about three months so at that point by the time i'd quit my job one thing i had not realized is that beginning of the year can be a little bit dry for mm-hmm. content creators it's like um brands are not yet spending money maybe they are still figuring out their budgets maybe um they are like and also i was a smaller creator then mm-hmm. i think i only had like maybe 10,000 maybe 15 10 to 15,000 followers mm-hmm. um so the beginning of the year was a bit dry and then i started to really second guess myself I was like oh my god did i quit my job because of this one brand deal and then now i have no brand deals um but i think by march i had gotten my second one and i remember it was a coffee farm a coffee farm in Kiambu who mm-hmm. wanted me to come and uh, uh, talk about their their farm and that was a really good one i think mm-hmm. i earned like 150k per month mm-hmm. for that and i i think they were they had signed on for like three months mm-hmm. so that felt like really good mm-hmm. money mm-hmm. that felt like really good money and then after that i can't say that there has been a dry month since okay. then yeah okay well it seems like i mean um so even now you're categorizing that as good money mm-hmm. so is it because you had the freedom that you wanted because the financial element mm. of course is less than what you were making at yeah i think it was Maidawa. the freedom yeah. because it's like now i literally felt like i was making money from my bed mm. it feels really nice to be able to make money not having well it sounds bad to say it but like not having to put in that much effort yeah. to be honest it's yeah. like being a content creator is work but is it work the way being a I don't know CEO of I don't know which company is not necessarily it's like it's relatively um like easy to reach kind mm-hmm. of money mm-hmm. so for me at that point that felt like really good and I felt like if this is me at 10,000 followers mm-hmm. imagine me at 100,000 imagine me at 200,000 of course at that time even that 100,000 or 200,000 was like I couldn't even imagine myself at that many followers right, right. um but yeah how many followers like, do you have now almost 400,000 okay mm-hmm. almost half a million well yeah. 100,000 half a million still, exactly um commendable exactly so okay so yeah so at that point i was just like it felt really good to be able to be making money first of all doing something that i absolutely love and not just putting money in other people's pockets so it felt nice to be feeling like i'm i'm encouraging people i'm impacting some women some mothers out there i'm inspiring them i'm entertaining people mm-hmm. it felt fun it felt like this is so easy and so doable for like forever right. you know and so yeah so the money was just like i know the money is going to grow again that abundance mentality i was right. just like i know more money is coming okay yeah and did you get um did you start saving and investing at this point <sighs> or at this point it's still well yeah <laughs> money money cap money cap money go Well yeah okay if my husband is saving and investing does that count as me because the no, bible says we are one <laughs> it does not But count the bible as says we are one it does not count as <laughs> so, you So yeah well let me you see one of the things that I've realized I what I realized when I met my husband is that cultures are very different so in our home the way we were raised mm-hmm. we I never remember my parents ever talking about saving ever talking about investing ever even talking about building or buying a home mm-hmm. those are just not conversations that we ever had them have what did you see i just saw them enjoying life like my parents would would enjoy life they would buy us things we lived in nice places and life was just good that's mm-hmm. all that we saw mm-hmm. so maybe from my child like maybe they were saving or investing but from my child child like mind i never had we never had conversations about that that was not like a, a thing mm-hmm. for us when i met my husband and he's a proper proper kikuyu man mm-hmm. all these things about like oh buying land so we need to you know save money here we need to jenga a house and what all those to me what just sounded so foreign mm-hmm. and actually used to cause a lot of conflict in our marriage oh, early really? on yeah how i did co- how come 
because for me, like him, he he grew up in a context where it's not they were not taking holidays. Mm-hmm. They didn't used to celebrate like Christmas, like oh we are buying gifts mm-hmm. for Christmas. Birthdays were like oh happy birthday, but it wasn't like a huge deal for me. Birthdays are like a really big deal. Mm-hmm. Like it's really important to me to celebrate you as mm-hmm. my son mm-hmm. for reaching this momentous age right. of nine years old. Right. Um, but for them it just wasn't. So like these things like which I used to like spending money on, which is mm-hmm. like moments and memories. For him it was it's more of like long term, you know, what legacy are we leaving? Mm-hmm. What if something happens? How do we save for a rainy day? Mm-hmm. So you can see those two money cultures are right. very, very different. Right. Um, but obviously now now we're in here seven eight of our marriage mm. and by now now we have known how to bridge the two so we okay. do go on holidays but we save and invest okay. and i would say that he has worked on me slowly um <laughs> since we got married right. so i think i said i said actively um saving maybe like two years ago only really? yeah in in my 30s actually yeah. after 30 yeah before that literally it was just like i was like i'm i'm, I'm working on giving birth to kids Mm. Now you want me to also work on financial security as well. Choose one, <laughs> choose one because I was like, so, yeah, I, I was. So in your, so what happened in your COVID year then? Oh, but again, the security of of of, of well, of your in husband. my COVID year, you know, COVID was an amazing year for content creators. Mm-hmm. Oh, we made money. Did we not make money? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we made money because so many businesses that were out advertising like out of home mm-hmm. now came to start advertising on digital mm-hmm. so we I, I mean that was a really fantastic year for me personally also that's the year i gave birth to my daughter so already that was just like mm. that's peak for right. being a motherhood right, content right, creator right, right. um but in that year i also started a business which now i've already closed down because i started it mostly just because i was bored and i was at home mm-hmm. it was called luxury liqueur and i was selling um uh bespoke luxury liquor okay basically um i'm a very business oriented person this is what i mean by like i see money everywhere like to Mm -hmm. me money is just like you just take something which is cheaper and then you sell it for more expensive expensive and like now you have more money and then of course because i had a platform everything is easier to sell for me you know so i i i recognize that's a privilege because i have the platform but also i worked to build the platform right you know so why did the business close down um I got bored. I got tired because the reason I had opened it is p- primarily because of COVID. In COVID, some people weren't like being able to leave their houses and go buy alcohol. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is something that is easily accessible to me. Um, I knew the suppliers for some reason. I just knew the suppliers. Mm-hmm. And I wanted something that I could easily do from my house. Mm-hmm. But um, at some point when now like Kenya was starting to open up and stuff, I was like, do I care enough about selling alcohol for me to grow this business which is like open a store i didn't care enough about the business to do that and so yeah. i was just like i mean i sold it actually i uh, sold the business ah, and that was great okay yeah. mm. okay how many years have you been a content creator now um full-time five full-time five yeah from december 2018 to now mm-hmm. okay do you know what year you made your uh, the most money in and how much was it <laughs> hey carrie i see you watching <laughs> i see you watching sir um, I don't know if I've ever quantified in a year, but I would say that the the more the longer I'm a content creator, the more I earn because okay. I'm I'm constantly attracting more brands mm-hmm. and I'm charging more. Mm-hmm. So definitely, probably last year is the most that I would say that I've made in a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not. We talk sure about ranges can... between zero to five, five to ten, ten to fifteen, fifteen to twenty million. Yes. Mm. You know, how do you know? Why don't I know? <laughs> God, N- tell me, but reduce by a little, just in case someone is watching. You got me? 
Ten. Oh, okay. She says ten million. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm. That's not a. That's that's a that's a. Ten. By that by twelve. That's a good salary, no? Yeah, but remember, as a content creator, it's not like you you don't you you, you, yeah. sub, you have a so lot, you have month, lot of suppliers. This month so. can be not right. really. You don't have a lot of suppliers. Literally, right. it's just me and Nancy. Right. But it's like you could you could be you could get two hundred k this month. Next right. month you do one point three million. The next month you do four hundred thousand. The next month you do seven hundred thousand. The month after that you do hundred k. The month after that you do one point five million. So it's like it's cyclical kind right. of. Yeah, right. it's not like stagnant. But that's I guess part of the joy of it. Okay. Mm. Um, so, but now you have the investing, you have the saving, you you have other other the, w- different ways that you spend your money now, mm-hmm. other than purely enjoyment. Yes, I do. So, I mean, now obviously now I'm a grown woman. Mm-hmm. I wish that Murugi of now could go and speak to Murugi of then and mm-hmm. be like, "Girl, what you doing? Like, yeah. save something." Yeah. Um. But yeah, now I I mean I obviously spend I save a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I save a lot, but especially towards like purchases. Right. Um, so like last year, my big purchase was my car, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I, I spoke a lot about on my platform because I didn't think that I could afford this car. Mm-hmm. But when I started saving, it's when I was like, oh, so when you save money, you can actually afford to do How long did you amazing. have to save to, to buy the car? Um, four or five months. Okay. Yeah. That's not very long. I guess not, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's not very long, yeah. Not, did you do a, what do you call it? Did you do a, a deposit and payment or did you pay it cash? I paid it cash. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is a... That is a yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of scared of debt now. Yeah. Even though my husband says that debt is good. But like mm. me, I prefer like... I would rather have that delayed gratification of like, okay, I know it's this amount of money. Mm-hmm. Let me save, 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 save. And then when I have that amount of money, I go and buy the thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, around your, again, I just want to go back to, I guess, the philosophy, mm. um, your money philosophy and how you live. Mm. How much of it do you think is attributed to, as you've said, your husband being a traditional Kikuyu man mm. or um, your upbringing, you know, what you saw your parents do? How much of it is, or what, what contributes more to it, to you being like, you know, my money is, you know, sort of my money, but your money is sort of the family money and that's what's securing um, legacy. Is it an expectation that you had of him going in and if he Mm. had said anything different, would you have been okay with it? I don't think... When I think back at me of then, I definitely don't think it was necessarily an expectation that I had Mm -hmm. because I've always been a very self-sufficient person Mm -hmm. like i i love having money myself Mm -hmm. and i i would hate to be dependent on a man like Mm -hmm. now you are taking care of me Mm -hmm. i really wouldn't like that um i had i don't think i had thought at that point like oh if he had said this but i do remember that when we did our premarital counseling just Mm -hmm. before we we um got married as what say give birth what just before we got married um one of the questions they asked us is um what are the three reasons why you are getting married Mm -hmm. and one of my reasons i realized was financial security and i said financial security is one of my reasons but not in the sense of like my money is my money and yours is ours ours. it's more of like um when we are together we are stronger we have Mm -hmm. more money Mm-hmm. So we have more to spend. So like mm-hmm. now, for example, right now we are in the process of building our home mm-hmm. and the process of building our home will be faster because mm-hmm. we are two incomes, right. you know? Everything will be easier to do because we are two incomes. I don't think... And I and growing up, I saw my mom actively contributing to the household. She mm-hmm. was... I mean, she, she she's a doctor. My dad is a doctor. And I saw them both contributing to the home. And so I, I think in my mind, that's just how it was always going to be. I mm-hmm. didn't imagine being in a home where it's like we are only 
using your money, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I do greatly appreciate that my husband's approach is also, um, he's grateful and he's happy that I'm, I contribute and I'm, uh, that I'm um, a financial contributor to the home. Mm-hmm. But I do know that he strongly feels that it's his role to ensure that generally, you know and that's why i had the freedom to quit my job that first time that's why i was able to pursue my passion to a great extent i really feel like without him i wouldn't even be i wouldn't even have the brand that i have today or the podcast or my store or anything because knowing that i can afford to fail knowing that you're taking care of me and our family that alone gave me what I needed to be able to like pursue what I wanted with like full, right. you know, steam. Right. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Do you have, uh, do you have um, what you call it, like free, free flowing transparency between both of your accounts, or do you have? I hear. Well, <laughs> myth is that women should have a secret account that um, the husband doesn't need to know about. Everyone, that if everyone happens, should have a secret account yeah. that no one knows about. That one's like for sure. Yeah. Everyone does. I feel like yeah, everyone should and. You know, even he, I expect that he should have one. Yeah, you, you wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. And in fact, I would be like, good, you're thinking. Because like, you never know what can happen. Nezarukwa na kichwa tomorrow. And then I come and withdraw all the money. Because there's a lot of transparency we have. I have yeah. access to his accounts. He has access to mine. Mm-hmm. Um, like, we, we share a lot of things. We even have a joint account where now it's like, if we are jointly, let's say, saving for a, a, mm-hmm. a particular purchase, or we are trying to, you know, I don't know, like dollars or pounds or something mm-hmm. like that, we'll often do them together. Mm-hmm. Um, but we each also have our own. So like our regular spending account, accounts are individual mm. because I feel to a great extent also you don't always have to have to justify oh why did you spend 20,000 at Woolworths today right. do right. we need to be asking each other these questions right. we don't and the fact that I earn and he earns allows us that freedom because if I didn't then I would be obviously reliant on him being able to tell me okay I can only give you 100,000 this month I can mm. only give you 200,000 so there's transparency but there's also autonomy in terms mm. of how we each um we each spend our money. And then anytime like we need a change, if like, for example, um, I don't know, the kids are moving school or there's a big uh, purchase, let's say there's a family thing that we need to contribute to, mm-hmm. we'll always do that together. Um, so yeah, I, th- I feel like we work really well as a money team, so okay. to speak. Yeah. Does that same logic apply to investments? Do you have individual investments as well as um, joint investments? Um, yeah, so we do have individual investments. So like, for example, Wild, my shop, yes. I would say that's an individual investment because okay. all the money from it is mine. Mm-hmm. Um, but things such as like, we have um, a couple of Airbnbs mm-hmm. and those are joint investments. Mm-hmm. So both of us contributed to their purchase. Both of us contributed to like their, um, their, their upkeep and how they are run mm-hmm. and like furnishing them and stuff like that. So um, yeah, so we do have individual and we have joint. Okay. Mm. I mean, it seems like you've, you've had a relatively, you know, like relatively good life. Have you had any financial strife ever? Like, have you, have you ever been strapped for cash? Has it ever been difficult in the house? Um, that's the p- first part of my question. The second part is, I mean, it seems like you guys have been able to accumulate quite a bit. I don't know how much, uh, how old your husband is, but it seems like you've been 14. able to, or oh, been able to mm-hmm. accumulate quite a bit. Um, you know, the Airbnbs and everything else, primarily from salaried um, income, um, uh, from what I've understood before you mm. moved on to the content creation space. So what is it, do you think, that allowed you guys to be able to build this, to build these things and the stuff that you have right now? Um, I would say knowledge. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, a lot of people don't have access to, to, to knowledge that can show them that actually you can afford a lot more than you think that you can afford. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even I used to have a bit of a, 
um, I, I didn't realize that I had as much financial power as I do now until I met my husband because mm. he's the one who showed me that if you actually put money away and don't spend all of it, you're actually quite wealthy mm-hmm. and you actually have quite a bit of money, you mm-hmm. know, and that's something that I genuinely hadn't even, like, I just never used to think about it at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say that I've ever had a period of, like, financial strife in my adult life. Mm-hmm. I would say that period where I was a single mom and I wasn't, um, before I started the business and started earning, mm-hmm. I would say that is the closest that I would get to financial strife, so to so to speak. Mm-hmm. But then, also then, I wouldn't necessarily even call it strife because it was more of like, I didn't have a lot. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't worried about whether I'm going to sleep hungry. Mm-hmm. I wasn't worried about, like, mm-hmm. will my kids go to school? I wasn't, my kid then, mm-hmm. it was only one. Mm-hmm. I wasn't worried about, will I go to university? I had all those things provided for mm-hmm. me. So I wouldn't necessarily say that there's, there's ever a time that I've ever felt like I'm broke. Mm. That's just not a word that I, I can relate to, mm. the word broke. I, I, I just, I feel like, I mean, there are times when I haven't had as much as I have now, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't say that I was broke. I've always had enough. Mm. I've always had enough to get by. And um, I would say now, between my husband and I, I feel like we we try to be smart about what it is we are trying to invest in. So mm. me, I'm the kind of person who, I'll literally see something on Instagram, I'll be like, babe, 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 oh my God, look at this thing, this is like the best thing ever. You've seen, Milichebi, I'm saying, you should invest in this land or whatever. Mm. I'm like a very eccentric, I can be a very eccentric thinker, mm. and he's more the the... 40-year-old person who mm-hmm. now brings me back to earth and be like, okay, but how does this align with, you know, what we're trying to do, mm-hmm. you know, we're trying to build and whatnot. So he, he thinks more big picture mm-hmm. and I think more medium, short to medium term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think it works out pretty well. And I, I feel like I love the age that the age of information that we're in right now because there's so much access to information about saving, about investing, about growing your wealth, growing your money. Just Ivy has an amazing platform that I just love because I learned so much from her platform mm-hmm. on how you, th- you may think that you have little, but really you don't. You're just not being a good steward of what you actually have. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I'm also in therapy as I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. because I realized that I have some very toxic money beliefs. That idea mm-hmm. of like, spend what you want because mm-hmm. money is always around the corner mm-hmm. is very toxic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very toxic and has caused me to lose a lot. Like mm-hmm. sometimes I'll make a huge purchase, like something worth, I don't know, 100,000 and I hadn't budgeted for it, I hadn't planned for it. I just saw it and I wanted it. And it's just like, no, adults don't think that way. Mm-hmm. You know, people who are functioning well in society don't mm-hmm. think that way. So um, that's something that I am actively working on just to make sure that I am spending within the realms of what I am trying to achieve in the long term. Okay. Um, which right now, of course, our biggest thing is that we are trying to build our home. Right. We are trying to educate our children. We are right. trying to grow our wealth. We are trying to build passive income so right. that you're not having to actually work all right. the time. Right. Um, yeah, and inshallah, in 10 years it's, when you interview me again... <laughs> It Everything will be great. Pass. Exactly. A, a question on the the four or five months it took you to save for your car. How many in- income streams do you need to be able to save? Um, I, I I know the cars. Um, is it a Land Rover? It's a mm-hmm. Land Rover, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I assume. Actually, I don't know how expensive it is. How how much? Was it, it was five million. Five million. Mm. So if you're saving... Well, that it means, was six million, but they discounted it They discounted it for, it for mm-hmm. you. So if you're... So that basically means you're saving one point something million a month to be able to buy the, the, the car within five months. Well, yeah, but I did also have a re, like a reserve of money. Right. So it's not like I was starting at zero. Right, right, So I was starting right. at somewhere. Okay. And then it's the rest that I was now saving over those Ah, I see. Mm-hmm. But still, so how much... How many income streams do you need to be able to... Um, 
Me like specifically student, or yes. a person? You, specific, you specifically. You, 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 you. <laughs> well, I have several income yeah. streams. Uh-huh. I, have, I have my content creation is an right. income stream. My podcast is an income stream. My um, store is an income stream. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Airbnbs are an income stream. Mm-hmm. We have rental apartments, which are an income stream. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an income stream. Mm-hmm. A couple of shops in Isli. So it's all of those. But I would say the, the bulk of where that money came from mm-hmm. was content creation. Mm-hmm. We had a really good period. <laughs> Quarter four that year, yeah, yeah, that was twenty twenty two. Quarter four, yeah, it was a really great yeah. um, end of the year. So yeah, okay. all of those income streams, and my my hope, I want to keep increasing my income stream so that I have ten income streams. Literally. How difficult is it to manage? I mean, so if you're talking about Mpesa shops, shops in ECD, Airbnbs, how difficult is it to manage all of these all of these things? And do you do it on your own? No, not that difficult. Mm-hmm. So um, my husband manages some of them. And for most of them, we've employed really trustworthy people. And mm-hmm. they are, almost all of them are people who are related to us. So like a mm-hmm. nephew. Um, so you're able to give them a chance at employment, but also you're able to, um, you know, have a have someone you trust there on the ground. Right, right. Um, so yeah, we, you, we we don't necessarily, not all of them require that much oversight. The ones that I say require me physically is my shop, my podcast, and my platform. Mm-hmm. Those are the three that keep me actively working, mm-hmm. literally morning to night, every single day. Those mm-hmm. are the things that, the ones that I'm, the others, it's more of just like updates on the phone. Oh, let me collect ngapi. Oh, what's happening? Unenda kufunga nyumba yanani. You know, things like that. It's not really. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you hope to achieve this year financially? Financially, um, the the bulk of this year will be going towards investing in our home that mm-hmm. we are building. Turns out it costs a lot of money to build homes like who knew right? right you know i like i said growing up we never used to talk about building homes so um we are both really focused on that i would say actually that is my like my one track mind is focused on that particular thing when i started my saving journey and even when i was saving for my car i realized that sometimes it's really demoralizing when you're saving for many different things or you're trying to invest in so many different things because then they grow very very incremental like very very small Mm -hmm. but when it's only this one thing that you're focused on such Mm -hmm. that all my extra income goes towards this thing Mm -hmm. then you see it grow pretty quickly and it's really encouraging because then it's just that and that's the kind of person i am i guess even with work i prefer to do this one task finish do this other task finish like i don't like to be working on a million different things at Mm -hmm. the same time Mm -hmm. so i really want to focus on that and maybe add a couple more income streams to my portfolio if i can yeah Mm, the way kiare is coming for us yeah we cannot you people cannot be anyone who is surviving on one income stream in this city in this country they need to tell us what they are doing because i don't see how have you have you ever considered reducing expenses as a way to manage um did my husband send you (laughs) did he send you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm just curious. I have. Yeah. And actually this this year one of that's one of the things again that I've been tackling in therapy mm-hmm. is asking her why do I buy so much? Because like at the beginning of this year I decluttered my closet for example. I spent a lot on money on on um clothes, mm-hmm. on jewelry. I love jewelry so much. I love um just like girly girly things, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I told my therapist, I think it's that is based in the fact that when I was young, I have three sisters. Mm-hmm. I have an older sister and two younger sisters. Mm-hmm. And when we were growing up, because we are four girls, we used to share everything. Like, so it was always just like, you are always sharing. Like, come mm. on, earrings to not share sissy water. If it's hairbands, we are all sharing. If it's, uh, I mean, literally anything, clothes, even socks, we are all sharing. So now I feel like that trauma has metamorphosized into me now wanting so many things like i always want things you know and so when i'm decluttering i'll remove literally things which i haven't i've only worn once mm-hmm. and it was like maybe it was ex- super expensive but i've only used it once and now i'm throwing it away i'm just like 
or giving it away. I'm just like, why do I do that to myself? Mm-hmm. So I'm really trying this year to be more intentional about mm-hmm. my spending. I'm trying to be intentional about where my money goes mm-hmm. and what I do with it. And hope, well, it's a journey I've just begun. So mm-hmm. that one I can't really report on. But niombe. Now I'm niombe tafadhali because, I, yeah, that one I need some... Mm. Some whatever. Okay. Mm. As we, I guess we're winding up. Mm. If you were to, because again, like I said, you seem to have lived a relatively cushy life, so to speak, relatively sheltered. What would you attribute it to between luck, God, or faith, um, hard work, or other? Hey, whoa. Mm. What would you attribute the life that you've lived to? I would say, I would say favor. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've definitely enjoyed God's favor. I feel like um, there are things which have happened in my life which is just like, I don't think this happens to everyone. For example, when I finished my first degree and I instantly got a full scholarship to go and do my master's mm-hmm. in South Africa, that doesn't just happen to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, I did apply for it. I was smart enough to get it. I mm-hmm. did interview for it. You know, um, How easy it was for me to find work how fortunate I was to be able to grow my platform relatively quickly. I know content creators who have been at content creation for 10 years plus and haven't um, been able to get to where I've gotten to. So I would say definitely God's favor has been shining and smiling down upon me. Um, But also working hard and working smart. I would say I'm I'm an intelligent person. I would say that I, I am the kind of person who... I follow my intuition a lot. I trust myself a lot. I am extremely self-confident. I never imagine that, because I know my intentions are good, I always just trust whatever decision it is that I'm going to make, mm-hmm. and I just trust it's going to work out for me. Mm-hmm. I trust things are always working out for me and that things will just always work themselves out. And I feel like leading with that kind of attitude has helped me get to where I am. But ultimately, I guess, I mean, someone some people would say luck, some people would say, um, I don't know, just good fortune, but... I mean, life has been good. Yeah. But again, there are people who have life way better than me. Yeah. There are people who <laughs> can be able to build their mansion tomorrow. Yeah. So let's also temper it yeah. within that, yeah. you know. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Anything left to say for the people financially incorrect? Um, no, just to say that um, keep doing what you're doing, first of all, because we can all learn something mm. about, you know, by watching other people's journeys. Um, and the journey of money... Is a journey, you know? <laughs> I would say it's a journey. I feel like sometimes I get DMs or messages from people about how, um, how like, I don't understand what it's like to be them. And, like, you know, they have struggled so much. They have hustled so much. But even me, I have hustled in this Nairobi. Mm-hmm. All the things that I have started, is, they were not started for me. My podcast, I started it. My shop, I started it. The businesses, I started them. You know, my platform, I started it. I created the content. So it's not like... I wouldn't say that anything was handed to me because if at the time, at the point in university, I had my son and decided that, okay, now I'm a 20 year old, you know, just like statistic and I've had this child young, I'm never going to amount to anything. I wouldn't be here today. Yeah. And I feel like uh, to some extent, I I, I would wish that Kenyans and especially Kenyan women um, would, even though they are some can be victims in their circumstances, I wish that more people would um, take themselves out of victim mode and be like, this is now where I am today. I have 20 bob between me and poverty. What can I do about it? Yeah. You know, because even me, when I was in that Roisambu, when I only had two, five per week to spend for me and my son and our household, I also was like, okay, I only have this. What can I do about it? Yeah. And I feel like a lot more people should empower themselves and realize that there are opportunities to make money around us if we just look. 
Okay. Yeah. Actually, last thing before I finish, because mm-hmm. I think I'd be remiss if I don't ask this. Mm-hmm. How difficult has it been to get the retail um, business, the 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 wild by Murugi? Mm-hmm. How difficult has it been to get that one off the ground and to get people purchasing and? Not difficult, mm-hmm. really. I would say because um, fortunately for me, which I know a lot of people don't usually have this privilege, is that I started it when I already had my platform. I've I'd already built my platform. Mm-hmm. I started well by Murugi last year. But one, I think it was 2021, yeah, no, 2022, I think it was 2022 that I started mm-hmm. my business. And by then, I already had a huge following. And when you have a huge following, you already have an audience. My audience is very engaged because, you know, I just, now on a car, they're just like my friends. Mm-hmm. So they always want to support me. They'll always, like, buy things that I recommend. And actually, the main reason why I opened my store is because I realized that every time I go somewhere and I wear something, people will be like, where, what are you, like, where did you get that outfit? You know, where did you buy it? I will tell them where I bought it. And then they'll go and it's sold out. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, wow, I'm just putting money in someone else's pocket. Mm. They're just selling out, selling out their mm. clothes. I was like, why don't I open a shop so that the clothes I wear are from my shop mm. and then, you know, I sell out. So mm. then I'm making even more money. And so that wasn't, I mean, I just, I registered it and literally just opened the business. And here we are now, almost two years later. Yeah, that's interesting. That sounds exactly like uh, a clip that, um, well, it's a video on YouTube by mm. Will I Am, mm. where I think it was... I think it was 10 years ago, mm. but he was being asked about the, the, the business of music and musicians mm. and how they make money. But he was just saying something to the effect of, as an entertainer, mm. um, if you're not, if you're not um, selling the product yourself, then mm. you are the product. And building around, and t- basically talking around the fact that you, know, you don't make money mm. primarily from the music. It's mm. about building a brand. And then from there, now exactly. selling whatever it is that you want to sell. Exactly. So because just having my name similar. attached to it yeah. is, is already magical in itself. Yeah. Anything that I, I put my name, my name to, then you know, will just definitely sell. Yeah. And so I always, always also tell content creators But I mean, you know, that there, are, there is the other flip side. There are also is, these stories of mm. um, content creators with over 2 million followers, but then mm. um, aren't able to convert uh, a single sale. That well, also yeah. does happen. Well, you see, now that depends on what kind of content you create yeah. and what your platform is about. You have to know the... The pages which are purely for we are coming here to see your really beautiful body, which is okay also because like that's someone's hustle, you know. Right. But for me, you know, my audience and I think a lot of my um, the brands I've worked with will tell you my engagement is very high because yeah. it's very um, hinged upon me interacting with people, letting them into my life, showing them what how I'm living and like my day to day struggles. It's not like a, a story of like perfection of mm-hmm. just like wow, I'm just such a celebrity. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like me, I'm just an ordinary person, literally like you. The only difference is that I'm posting about it yeah. really that's what it is yeah. and so um, so you don't like curate your 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 content very carefully and your stories very carefully no. to try and if you go on my be, page you'll see that yeah. that I, I really don't I literally will post whatever it is that I'm feeling in that moment of course over time I've learned to be more selective you mm-hmm. know in that story that you you, right. you told, right. I've learned to be a bit more selective about what I share and when I share it and how I share it. Um, but I like to allow myself the freedom to know. Like usually, it's a feeling in my heart mm-hmm. when I'm about to share something and I start feeling like, mm, do you really want to post that? Then I don't post it. Mm-hmm. But more often than not, if I just feel the freedom in my spirit, it's just like this is going to help someone. This is going to you know encourage someone. It's going to make someone stay. Then I just go ahead and post it. Okay. Yeah. I think that's a good tip as well for, mm-hmm. I guess, different content creators out yeah. there. To just be real. Be real. Yeah. Be real. Thank you so much for having me on you here. You are most welcome. I, I yeah, I've, I've, learned, I've learned quite a bit about, uh, I guess, your hustle and, and, and where you're at. And I guess joins the dots a little. Mm, I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. Um, if you have any questions for her, please put them in the comments. 
Um, we'll get them to her, see if she can address them. And we will see you guys on the next episode. Thanks again for coming. Thank you. All right.